The time is now. Every moment counts. Your voice, your decision, and who you are matters. Take a minute. Breathe. You are a part of history. So join the community and let's build something great. Montgomery County Community College. Your future starts here. KISS is in concert starting tonight for three great nights. Remember, KISS tonight. KISS. This could get out of hand real easy, Mr. Richards. We don't want a riot on our hands. A riot? <laughs> don't be ridiculous. High-spirited kids, that's what I see. They even gave themselves a name. They call themselves the Kiss Army. You wanted the best and you got it! wanted the best and you got it i am matt porter and we are live in the kiss room broadcasting directly to you from montgomery county community college did you know that kiss was scheduled to play here at monco on may 11th 1974 if you listen to the kiss room you do we're going to talk about that and may 5th marks 25 years since kiss played the trocadero in philly on the revenge club tour 25 years think about that Wait, don't think about that. Where does the time go? Gene Simmons will be back here at the Trocadero in Philly in June. Are you ready to rock? Of course you are, because you're in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
by Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got it. Thanks to everybody that tuned in just let, just now for two hours of harem. We had a good time with that. Now, obviously, one of the things I, st- I said right as we started off here was the fact that, did you know that May 11th, 1974, that KISS was scheduled to play here at Monaco. Now, of course, if you've been following the KISS Room, and today does mark the end of five years of the KISS Room. When we go live in June, will be the start of six years, but today is the end of five full years. And May 11th is always important to me because years ago I found a poster. Now, I've worked here at the college since about February 1998. But I found a big poster that said a whole bunch of tour dates, and it really is the first ever promotional poster for KISS as far as tour dates. And there's May 11th, 1974, Montgomery County Community College Gym, Bluebell, PA. So for years, I searched, wow, did they really play here? Because at the time, it would have been in the PE building, which was where my office was. And uh, I was always pretty excited about that, the idea that KISS could have played here. Now think about it. They were advertising a date on that poster. They're pushing the first album. So The first album's only been out a handful of months when they're going to be here on May 11th, 1974. So it has dates that include like Atlanta and Michigan and Toledo and Bluebell, PA, the rock and roll center of the universe right here at Montgomery County Community College. Only problem, right? According to the book Kiss Alive Forever, the complete touring history written by Kurt Gooch and and Jeff Suss, which is coming out on ebook, and you're going to find out more about that. The concert was canceled by April 26th, and they said the Montgomery Gazette reported that the school did not have adequate funds, and it's on page 38. But now here's the thing. Jerry Arnetsky, who is the librarian here at the college, he found a clip from our own Mont Gazette, and in the Mont Gazette, it actually says, Argent concert plan dropped. Now, anybody, if you've been following along, KISS was scheduled to open for Argent. Imagine that, right? Tells you the sign of the times. He found the clip, and here's what it says. The rock group Argent will not be playing at Monaco on May 11th, as had been planned due to a few hassles, money, and time. According to Dave Bazell, concert coordinator, the contract with Argent couldn't be signed until the Student Center Board had enough money for the concert. Then there wasn't enough time to provide the technical staging and production requirements for the concert. So... Items such as a concert grand piano, which had to be perfectly tuned, and a forklift truck were to be provided to the group, which caused problems for the concert plans. Now, why is this important to me? Because here's the thing. When I started the idea of doing the Kiss Room, it was really because I would sneak on here on Monaco Radio and do these little Kiss specials. And I would usually do it around my birthday, which is obviously early in the year or spring break when nobody would be around. But I would always try and sneak on around May 11th because the fact that I had this poster and and I had you know I thought it was cool that Monaco almost had a place in history. Now those of you that have stuck around for a long time, you've heard that story. Thanks for letting me share it again. If you notice the uh, artwork for the latest episode, really here of the Kiss Room, I tried to mimic that photo where it's Gene blowing fire in 1974. The shot that's on there right now that you're looking at if you're in the Kiss Room Facebook group is a shot that I took in 2016, which was Gene, it would have been at the uh, at the uh, fairgrounds. So we were having a good time with that. So it's one of those things where we like to share all those things. We're going to talk to a lot of different people. We're going to have some special guests here in the studio. We're going to talk about Kiss drummers because we're going to have some cool drummers with us. And we're going to go to a break to celebrate some Peter Chris here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Gonna hear something from Peter Chris. 
Kiss Army. Look, a lot of you are tuned in all around the planet. We're so thrilled for that. And I do have some special guests coming in the studio. Now, look, when I turn on all the mics, listen, we got some nice echo going on because it's nice and loud because we're shot out of a cannon here on a Friday. We can't believe our luck. Now, Chris Ann, you came in early. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for coming back to the Kiss Room. Always a pleasure. We got Justin Baski from Rock the Nation. Thank you for having me back. I'm going to see if I can get that mic to work. We're going to have to fix that one. And on this mic, we have coming in Johnny D. Check one, two. Now, Johnny D, a lot of you know from Britney Fox or Doro or Wasted. I saw you when it was Iron Maiden tour up at Stabler Arena. Oh, you saw that, Scalped eh? some tickets, and I was in the seventh row. So little did you know I was right there. One of the loudest concerts that I ever was at. That was a good, good gig, man. Fun stuff. I mean, that's and obviously uh, we got Jerry Lee Watkins come right up to the Hello, mic. Everybody. Now, look, Jerry's going to play some music for us later. He's wearing his rock and roll over T-shirt, so we're going to have some music coming up. And uh, but really, one of the things, like I said right off the top, was today being May twelfth is Eric Singer's birthday, and Peter Chris just played a show in Australia. 
So we got uh, Australia. Then, of course, coming up in June, we're going to have Peter Chris playing what they are calling his last performance. They got this gig coming up in New York. I'm going to go to the New York Kiss Expo and go on the walking tour with Peter Chris. Can't wait for that. Unfortunately, I spent my money on that instead of going to that last show. And there's only so many dollars in my pocket, and there's not that many dollars in my pocket. So it's going to be a blast with that coming up. But obviously, I think one of the things that will be fun to talk about, just being a drummer. Now, obviously, Johnny, people know you all over the planet, and one mm. of your influences was Peter Chris. Yeah, probably one of the biggest, too. Uh, you know, I mean, at my age, uh, we're all born and bred with that, you know, Kiss being our Beatles and all that, uh, whatever cliche you want to use. But <laughs> it really was that magical time for me and seeing you know i was into some drummers and drums before that but just that was the thing that really set it off for me to see that spectacle and that you know those early album covers or videos or whatever it was there wasn't much it was that mystique it was everything all together that uh, really just blew my mind and blew all of our minds really because we're still talking about it all these years <laughs> all later. these years later right so yeah peter's the man do you remember what were the first things that you saw or what first songs that you heard um i was uh well not late late but i mean kiss alive was pretty much what did it for me i think uh i don't even remember who turned me on to that but uh that was the record that you know kind of did it i don't remember what the first kiss moment was actually but i think uh probably just a friend with a record and then you know the rest was history but i remember the days of you know just staring at a record cover before video or anything or like waiting a month for the paul lynn halloween <laughs> special to come on so you could see kiss actually move and maybe even talk you know, but See, that's uh, the funny thing that Paul and we talk about that a lot. But that Paul and Halloween special, as cheesy as it seems when you watch it, that's the thing that I remember. You heard them talk, you know, even though it was that scripted, we don't wear makeup and everything. But at the time, yeah. they were walking, and that was they were walking around the stage, and you know, it was that was. You look at that now, but that really was kind of. I mean, I, there's people that would probably like hit me in the head, but that was kind of the Ed Sullivan moment. To a generation that, you know, uh, 10 years earlier, everybody had become a Beatles fan. Right. We all were becoming Kiss fans. And it was really, you know, you watch that now. And, you know, we make that joke all the time, the Pauline Halloween special. You know, oh, I'm going to become an off-road trucker. <laughs> it's like yeah, right. Pinky Tuscadero and all that kind of stuff. But, all uh, in and way in the closet back then. <laughs> I mean, just times have changed, people. The Kiss yeah. closet, right. Maybe it's a... Uh, but I mean, so that's that's the exciting thing as a young guy. And then you were talking about Peter Chris being an influence. When did you first pick up the drums? Like I said, I was into drums and drumming before that. But that was kind of the thing that really um, I had a like a moment in my life where I was really into like motorcycles and stuff. I was riding bikes when I was like 10, smoking cigarettes, just being a real punk and uh, doing things that weren't good for me. But, you know. Then I got busted up in a in a bike accident and uh, spent the whole summer in a body cast with my leg in traction and I couldn't do anything except look at records, <laughs> listen to records, uh, you know, read magazines, whatever. And that was like the the moment for me when it went from just like I have to get a drum kit now, you know. So I couldn't walk, so I could sit behind a kit and mm. actually 
teach myself how to play. So it was like just a perfect storm of like Kiss coming into the into my life and the music and just being, you know, 12, 13 years old and just all kind of happening at that moment, you know, and wanting to put makeup on and, and just like rock out, you know, and do that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to have an older sister uh, who's like six years older. And, you know, of course, I raided her album collection and got turned on to some amazing stuff, even like Alice Cooper, another early super influence, you know. So rated the, her record collection and her makeup collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. No, nah, I never See, went that route. Right, right. Well, that's, you know, if you were listening to the New York Dolls, you know, and you were barring her fishnet stockings. Right. But, Jerry, we don't want a picture of that. There's evidence. So yeah. then, I mean, obviously, like, you know, you transition as a kid. You know, when's the first time you saw Kiss? I saw Kiss at the uh, Spectrum 76 Destroyer Tour uh, Kissmas concert. Um, and, you know, bring a can of food and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, you know, nosebleed seats and just mind blown. And that was that was it. I actually was on crutches that day. I went to the concert on crutches and I was like, you know, slipping in spew and beer <laughs> and pot smoke in the air. And I was just like, this is insane, you know. And I was like probably hooked from that point on to... Uh, you know, it's funny. It. It's funny you say that because Bobby's right now down at Metallica, and of course, uh, we were. He was calling in during Harem, which was the last two hours, and he said that that familiar smell has kind of been replaced by the smell of hot dogs. So it's oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> he said it's kind of a family thing, and I said, yeah, it's probably kind of like when you go see Kiss and you see more families, and I always say, well, look, mom and dad have cooler records than the kids these days. I think we all do. But the uh, so then now think about that. You were a young guy and you were getting these chances to become rock in the world. Bands like Wasted, and of course, everybody knows you from Britney Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about those early days. Well, I guess I took my Kiss influence from the basement jam bands and uh, just kind of developed into playing with other people and joining you know, whatever bands it was in the area. I was in a band called World War Three for a while, which was a pretty uh, groundbreaking original band for this area. I mean, those guys were ahead of their time, I feel, that they were writing some great, like, early metal stuff. They got a, a deal with um, a French label, got some action in Kerrang! magazine, which led me to uh, buy that that magazine religiously following all the, you know, new wave of British heavy metal bands and stuff like that. And uh, one day I saw uh, a piece in the front of it which said uh, ex-UFO guitar player Paul Chapman was looking for a band and he was living in Florida. And uh, he was looking for a keyboard player, I think, and a rhythm guitarist. And my best friend Jimmy DeLella was like the perfect candidate for that. So I said... uh, brought the mag to his house i said dude you need to get this going like i don't know how to reach this guy there was like a post office box or something you know there was no email or any <laughs> right? cell number so you know we're like what, what do we do do we make up a resume like so he makes this resume up and you know headshots and all and he mails it down to paul and paul sees it and reads it and goes ah, he looks all right let's get him down here so jimmy goes to florida 
with a U-Haul, all his gear, starts telling me all these stories about, you know, he gets the gig, he starts playing with Paul Chapman from UFO. We're all, like, unbelievably, like, blown away by that. And that just, like, opened the door to, you know, him actually getting me the gig with the band later on when Paul moved back to England and and joined up with Pete Way and, and redid this Wasted Mark three or whatever point they were at, but uh, eventually um, Jerry Shirley decided he didn't want to tour with the band. So Jimmy's like, I got a guy, my buddy at home, you know, he looks great. He's fucking awesome drummer and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, then that I got a call. Next thing you know, I was in England playing with, with two guys from UFO who I'd just seen open for Ozzy or whatever, like a couple months before. You know, it was really just a such a surreal experience. But that's kind of how it, you know, I did the normal progression from garage bands into original bands and then just got a lucky break like that, and that was it. That's fantastic. And obviously you were in, in really the right place at the right time when Brittany Fox... And my good friend, Dean Davidson, who, you know, obviously took off with MTV yeah. and became one of the, I think, probably most well-known MTV bands of that era. And you had the look and the right songs and the girls' school video was right. on all the time. Yep. Yeah. What was that like? Well, it's funny because Dean, you know, came out of the same band, World War Three. I actually re- replaced him on drums at one point. So it was like this little weird little microcosm of people that were just like all doing that stuff and you know i also played with john karabi back in the day there and uh you know he went on to do the motley crew thing and everything else after that but all this this whole philly south jersey scene was just bustling with with activity and players and everybody trying to find their way but yeah so um dean broke off and formed uh Brittany Fox with Michael and Tony from Cinderella and Billy Dagley from Conchahawk and PA. So yeah. yeah, it's all these local connections. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, so um, and then, you know, so I replaced Dean when he stopped being a drummer. And then next thing you know, like a couple years later, when the wasted thing fizzled out and Tony had gotten killed in the car crash, mm. which was real unfortunate right when they were ready to, to, you know, get signed and do their record. And uh, the guys called me up because I basically knew everybody in the band. And so I, next thing you know, I'm in Brittany Fox and I'm back in the Philly area. And then, you know, it was kind of like a rocket at that point. We just, like, a couple weeks later, we were in the studio doing the first album. So it was, timing was, was really everything at that point. But... Uh, yeah, and like you said, being an MTV band, we weren't like a huge radio band. We weren't a huge singles band. It was this phenomenon of just certain bands that were played on MTV and sold a ton of records just from the video play alone. You know, we couldn't get a single on the charts or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, we blew out albums like unbelievably. MTV just from- was it. You know, you figure like radio took the back seat to MTV. I think yeah. MTV was what they could make you overnight, and you were right in on that kind of dial MTV yeah, and was, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so. definitely a timing thing, you know. And we had a, a a nice base of like hardcore fans that actually called in and requested us, and uh, you know, it was still a grassroots thing, which actually helped us, 
lift us up to the next level. So it was just everything combined, the timing and just luck. And it was really no strategy at all. It was, you know, some bands had all the record company support behind them and still couldn't do anything. But here comes this ragtag band out of Philly with just like a bunch of goofballs, you know, trying to fit in somewhere. And, you know, and uh, we just got in, you know, because we really like, you know, one thing Dean did have was all that concept in the beginning, the name and the look and all that. And I think that set us apart from... I've seen a lot of bands get to a label point, get signed, and then just completely get lost because the label starts to like intervene and you guys need to dress this way and sing that song about that. And we were always like, this is what we do. You know, just put it out. And that's kind of what happened. We were lucky enough to have what, you know, what we were, sort of like Kiss, modeled after Kiss in that sense, that uh, even those guys were in the beginning kind of. It is what it is, right. take it or leave it kind of thing. And it wasn't always the best, uh, you know, weren't getting the critics on your side immediately, but it was like the fans really saw that and, and kind of appreciated it and loved it. So that's that's what we're, we were modeling ourselves on. And I know Dean has some good Kiss stories too. Why don't we listen to some Britney Fox right here on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
That's right. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio. We got a room full of people. We were just talking to Johnny D. A lot of you know him from that, from Brittany Fox. We got Chris Ann Colvin. We got Jerry Lee Watkins. We got Justin Bowski. We got Johnny D. We got Frank Galanti and your friend Mike, who I just met, Mike Walsh. So good to see you all here. We're cranking up here on a Friday, and Chris go. He says, hey, look, that Britney Fox brings back great memories. Boy, that's the best part about a Friday, if you're feeling good listening to something like that. That was fun. So, I mean, we're, we got a ton of people tuned in. We're talking about all these things. Now, Justin is also a drummer. He's also a cat man. And you got a gig coming up tomorrow night. I do. Uh, rock, you do. rock the Nation uh, tomorrow night at the Grape Room, uh, Maniunk section of Philly. Uh, we're actually on first. Uh, it's a night of tributes. There's also a Deep Purple tribute, an STP tribute, and a Foo Fighters tribute. Um, it's, it's just going to be a fun night. If you're in Maniunk, come on out. Uh, again, we're on at 8. Um, it's going to be a short set, only about 11 songs. It's going to be mostly deeper cuts, though. Only three of the standards, if you will, and a lot of deeper tracks or minor hits is what we're, we're doing tomorrow night. What's the deepest cut? Oh, gosh. The first. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> probably got to choose is in the set for tomorrow night because you know it's funny I mean obviously everybody's thinking about uh, Peter Chris and uh, they had Peter Chris is doing his one last time tour and he was in Australia last night and they opened with I Can't Stop the Rain nice. he's doing Hooked on Rock and Roll Strange Ways Strutter Don't Let Me Down Hooligan Nothing to Lose Words Beth Rock and Roll Night and something called Sing, 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 which I don't even know what that is. It sounds like a show tune. That right? may be off his... What is it? It's an old big band tune. Okay. So, you know, you figure what a way to end the show, it's, but... It's, a, it's a, like a drum you got to get on with the mic. It's like a drum feature song. It's like a famous drum solo. Okay. You would know it if you heard it. So, I mean, that was pretty, pretty amazing. What he's saying is that these are it. That these are the last shows, and they're really talking like that's it. So it's uh, so do you have uh, now when you talk about doing deep cuts, you figure Peter's not he's going deep in the fact that we got a couple songs, but you know uh, what's the deepest cut? Did you say probably for tomorrow night? Probably got to choose. Got to choose. Yeah. That's a good one. I love that song. It's one of my favorite one of my favorite songs. Period. Uh, easily top five for Kiss for me. Um, it's what I always push for, but not many people know it. So usually that's. You know, save for a show where we have multiple sets. Right. But tomorrow night's just the one. I'm like, no, we're playing it this time. It's our fifth time there. We can't keep doing the same songs. You know, that was, that so was the first song sound of Kiss I ever heard was really. Mm-hmm. And got the chance. Mm-hmm. My first record yeah, if you don't know that song, that's pretty yeah. sad. Yeah. Right, right. I was going to say something off the Elder or whatever is <laughs> a deep cut, but you know, got uh, to choose. I want like, to play off the Elder. We don't know anything off the Elder, unfortunately, or we don't play anything off the Elder. Or fortunately, say. depending. No, on no, no, no. I love that album. And the guy that does our Spaceman, our Ace, he loves that album. Yeah. So it's the other guys. See, that's the funny thing. You look at this set list, and I'm holding a copy of it in front of my hands. If they're starting with I Can't Stop the Rain, to me, that's pretty 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 happy you know when you think about it if they're going to come walking out if peter chris sings that that's one of my favorite songs off that certainly off that 78 solo album that's pretty fantastic he sounds great all the clips thanks to everybody that's on uh facebook that's been sharing out clips from that concert it looks pretty fantastic the uh you know and hooked on rock and roll right off his 78 solo album i mean that's the fact that i mean He's saying this is it, so I don't know when we're going to hear these songs again. I think as Kiss fans, we've all kind of learned that farewell and final never really means much. But he's saying this is it. He's saying these are the last couple shows. Early seventies too. I don't. In Peter's case, I guess you know, 
I mean, he's been out of the band for so long now, and that's just, to me, pretty sad that he hasn't been that present, you know, and doing it more. But, I mean, it is more of a bummer that he's not going to do it at all because we kind of hoped he would have kept it going. I do, at least. You know, I would have hoped he would have done more touring, but uh, I guess his health didn't allow for it. Well, you know, even like when he was uh, here in Oaks, PA, a couple years ago, he talked about he was working on a rock album. We've been hearing about that. But he and Gene seem to be on the same mindset that they're not going to put something out because it's just going to get bootlegged. It's going to get, you know, just quickly shared out. You know, Gene, Michael Cavaccini had an excellent interview with Gene that, that he posted this week. And Gene, almost every answer goes back to something, well, if the model isn't there for me to make money, I'm not going to release it. And I think when Peter was at, at Oaks PA, he said kind of a similar thing. He says, well, as soon as I put it out, it's just going to go bootlegged. And he, he even made the comment that he was going to release 45 you know, vinyl singles because they're harder to bootleg. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun stuff, I think, in a way. like I love the idea that he's out there. I don't love the idea that he's saying this could be it. And then you do say, yeah, you're 70 years old. It's tough. You know, maybe you don't want to go out. You're 70 years old. It was probably a lot easier when it was 23 years old. But, man, I hate when they say that it's the end. Solution. Solution is you you go on tour, like Ace Fraley did, and he can record his new album on the road while making money as Peter Chris, and he could record live, put it out, and... Who cares if anybody buys it? You sell tickets now. That's that's the name of the game in the biz now. Is it's tickets, right? Everybody's going on tours. You know, nobody's buying music. Well, because I think really what we need to push for, and this is something that that we were talking about. I kicked off the show with a copy of it was Kiss playing the Troc, May fifth, nineteen ninety two. Now, who was at that show? Ready? Okay, myself. Anybody else? Okay. Probably one of the greatest shows of Kiss that I'd seen because it was off the charts. And we can go in a little bit more detail about that. But imagine this. Okay, so May, May 5th, 1992. Now, first of all, think, and I said this at the start of the show, that's now 25 years ago. So that's officially just about half my life ago, which that's a little scary. But here's the thing, right? February 22nd, 1989, Paul Stanley played the track. March 4th, 1990, Ace played the track. May 5th, Kiss played the track. June 2nd, 2017, Gene Simmons will play the track. That means we need Peter Chris to play the track so it can be complete. Yeah. So I don't know. We good need luck. to think about that. How are we going to make that happen? Right. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Get the petition going. <laughs> you know, and it's like you said. I mean, I think if we could show enough interest, if there was enough money, why not? You know, why wouldn't he show up for all his 5,000 of his closest friends, including everybody here in the Kiss Room, right? So I, that's why whenever they say, oh, this is it. This is the last show. I'm never going to do another show. I would say, nah, come on. I think you might. No, I, I you figured know. it out. I think the cat man's making about 100 grand an hour on his tour. <laughs> He's, Which is doing like a forty-five minute set, right? It's like two fifty, three hundred a pop for tickets. They do give you a nice dinner, string beans, almond dean, <laughs> yeah, stuffed shells. There <laughs> were some good pictures. The food, the food looked pretty fancy. I just want to slice a so pizza. That you know, it's like, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah. Anytime no, no, we didn't get any of that. <laughs> like we could have a calzone or something. It's you know, it'd be fine. Yeah. Well, maybe these gigs will do what every other uh, supposed. Uh, final tour will do, which is spark a reunion or some kind of, uh, 
you know, even the Scorpions, it was like our last tour. And then, you know, now they're still doing it. So it brings back sort of a, you know, a request of uh, fans wanting more because, or they go see it because they think it's the last one and it does okay. Right. So they do it again, extend it a bit, and maybe, you know, maybe it won't be, or maybe he'll add some stuff to it, which would be cool. In the one interview, he said he wanted this to be the end and it was going to be on his own terms. And I think that that was, I think, in a lot of ways, because everybody kept saying, okay, when's it going to be with Kiss? But like you said, if this is successful, and obviously it seems like people are enjoying themselves, and all the videos that I saw were fantastic, and obviously, look, I'll eat a fancy plate of food or a simple plate of food if they're going to do that, but if he played the truck, it would be great. Yeah. We could all have hot dogs out on a cart on the street. I don't care. It's like, you know, I don't need... He's right in Chinatown. I don't think he wants to do it anymore. I, right. I really think that's at the heart of it. I think he's... He's kind of being pushed into this because the opportunity's there, and, and you know he probably should have taken <laughs> granted, uh, you know, advantage of it many times prior. Right. But uh, I think he's doing it as kind of a it's it's shit or ooh, get off the pot. I'm sorry. You know, poop, I still want poop. that one last kind of big kiss event. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think we're all kind of like I mean, everybody always talks about it, and whenever he says like the final this or the final that, I always figure in, until it's absolutely impossible. You can always say it might happen. Yeah. Well, don't you think if they have the final, this is our final show, it's in New York, where we started, they would bring out Peter for Beth. At right. least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be nice. Get no. Bruce, see if we can find Vinny. <laughs> be nice. Do a union type thing. You know what? The, uh, there was a documentary just hit this with documentary with, uh, <laughs> that had all kind of allegations about Vinnie Vincent. We hope he's okay. Now, I think that mic's not working because Justin, I can't even hear me. Unplug that and plug it back in. Yeah. It's technical difficult. I need a roadie. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, there you go. And Johnny's How's got that? Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's working. Better. Johnny, right. you're hired. Perfect. <laughs> the, uh, so, I mean, that's obviously, I just think it's exciting. I mean, the fact that you have Peter Chris down in Australia doing his thing, I think is super exciting. You know, and I mean, I'm looking forward to this New York one. There's a chance I, I requested if I could do a live broadcast from the expo for the Kiss Room. Haven't heard anything back. But obviously, uh, you know, we would... Uh, we might be able to do that. It'll be fun. That's coming up in the middle of June. So, so talk about Justin. You have a gig coming up. Think about your early days of drumming. Now, when was Kiss an early influence for you as well? You are the Catman, and you say you're Eric Singer. I, I am an Eric Singer fan. Yes, he is my favorite drummer of Kiss. I'm, I might get smacked for that probably. <laughs> He's um, looking around. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> looking oh, around. Like, who's gonna I'm get not him? saying anything. You know, He's I, my buddy, but uh, <laughs> I won't. You know, yeah. I won't go there. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I was at the tail end of the 70s. I mean, my first Kiss album was Dynasty. Um, my first remembering of seeing Kiss was probably Kiss Meets the Phantom, which I actually watched before I came here today while having lunch. Nice. Thought, Why not? Um, and I wasn't playing. Then back then I was trying to play guitar, and Paul was my favorite. So that's where I was. I, I couldn't play guitar to save my life. So a few years later, I took up drums because of my uncle. You know, and, you know, the Beatles were my first band that I got into, followed by Kiss. And I still remember sitting in my room, listening to my Kiss and Beatle albums on my Fisher-Price record player at, <laughs> while playing with my Star Wars. You know, it's the way it should be. Um, but a f- few years later, though, I got into playing drums. So you're going mid-80s at this point. I rediscovered Kiss. Actually, I remember rediscovered with Animal Eyes. So then Eric Carr was the guy. And then the first song I ever learned to play along to was I Love It Loud. And it just went from there. Um, 
remember the first time I ever jammed with people, like a cover type thing, was Heavens on Fire, followed by Cold Gin. And, but yeah, um, I didn't, unfortunately didn't get to see Kiss live for the first time until 92, because I lived upstate. And I remember I had to take a four-hour bus drive um, from, I don't, anybody know that Pennsylvania's got a Grand Canyon? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I lived, in the middle of freaking nowhere. So I had to take a four-hour bus ride. Now, unfortunately, I'm family's from Philly, so I still have my grandma. I remember taking a cab to the Spectrum, uh, October 10th, 1992, Revenge Tour. And that was the first time I got to see Kiss. And it was just, Eric Singer, holy crap. You know, it right. was just awesome. I remember sat 17th row, so I had a great view, got Bruce's pick. Um, and then a live three came out, and Eric Singer is really what made me focus on that the way he played those songs. So that, that's really how that came about. Perfect. And of course, today is Eric Singer's birthday. So happy yes. birthday, Eric Yay. Singer. That's good. The, uh, so obviously, that's the fun thing is when you think about all those different influences. Everybody comes at it a different way. You might right. have discovered it via Peter Chris. You might have discovered it via Eric Singer. A lot of people are Eric Carr fans. You know, yeah. Eric Tyler Rock's car still doing that gimmick, going out there and doing that at conventions, walking around in the makeup. You know, we still have a lot of fun with that. So I think that's one of the fun things about Kiss is that you get to hear a lot of different styles because obviously, you know, everybody has a little bit of, of yeah, a different style. I spend so. tons of time in Europe and it's like, it's almost like Kiss didn't exist in the 70s. It's all 80s Kiss and everybody's totally into that era, you know, mm. which is obviously an age difference too, but it's also that they probably didn't tour extensively or even go over there very much in the early days. So you got when they started to really head over there, the big monsters of rock shows and whatnot, you have a whole different generation of, of KISS fans that are into that that period, which is, you know, still equally as cool, but just different. And that's like the longevity of a band and that they're still getting new fans every day and still out there doing it. It's pretty And they're over in Russia right now, and everything's, you know, this whole European <clears throat> tour. Right. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're talking to Johnny D. A lot of you know him from Britney Fox, but also Doro. Talk about that. You managed to see the world with Doro as well. Yeah, I was pretty lucky to uh, right actually, when Britney kind of uh, petered out in 92, uh, before the big Seattle explosion, you know, Um I got, once again, a call from my buddy Jim DeLella. Hey, I landed this gig. Dora was in, she had actually lived in New York for quite a while and uh, took a liking to some American players. She wasn't into the, the I, guess, I guess, the stiff, melodic, German kind of uh, militant players. She was really digging the more bluesy players. She had, obviously, Rhonda Nelly in the band for a while, Tommy Henriksen, who's now with Alice and big in his own right. And, uh, you know, so she was auditioning people in New York City. Uh, Nick Douglas, who's our still, to this day, bass player, going on like 26, 7 years in that band, which is crazy. Uh, and uh, Jim DeLello auditioned as keyboard player and got the gig. So I got a call in 90, end of 92, 93, to, uh, to go play with Doro. So she flew over. She heard uh, Jimmy brought up my name to her, and she was like, oh, I love that Britney Fox song, Save the Week <laughs> or something. And, oh, yeah, Johnny, like, that sounds great. Let's go check him out. She flew over here with her manager just to, like, play and have a, you know, have a meet up. And then, you know, here it is. I'm almost 25 years in that band now. And uh, 
another amazing long relationship with an, an awesome person i mean she's just she's unbelievable you know i've dealt with quite a few singers and a, quite a few personalities but she's uh she's the real deal man she's a she's a good human and she's a great singer and uh cool chick to work for you know it's like a, a sister you know kind of situation and Really the last cool. bunch of years she's been going out, it's really just Doro Pesh, but I think she got the name Warlock back now, didn't she? She did, yeah, and actually we're um, supposed, well, we're doing our first gig back in June when I head over is going to be Sweden Rock Festival, and we're doing like a celebration of the Triumph and Agony album, which we're going to do, that's 30 years this year, and we're going to wow. do uh, that record in its entirety, mm. a couple festivals this summer, and you know, hopefully bring it to America at some point down the road, but... Yeah, I mean, she does own the name Warlock now, but it's uh, she's worked so hard at, at making her career as Doro, so it's kind of like at this point, would it be better or worse to change or just to have it so some, you know, idiot manager doesn't own the name <laughs> anymore and trying to make money off of people, which we know the business can be have its cruel side as well. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the Doro story. Long time. Longest band I've ever been in. You've got to have at least one or two funny stories. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> the first story I usually tell is how when I actually, they, like I said, her and her manager flew to America to meet me. We ended up in like some rehearsal room in Philly. And her manager, Alex Grobe, Swiss guy, really, you know, super duper high biz dude, you know, legendary criminal, all that. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, we we have to give you the gig because, you know, you have Doro in your name. And, like, my, my real last name is D. Teodoro, so it's just bizarre that I ended up playing with her. But that was the story why I got the gig. Had nothing to do with my drumming at all. Just because I have Doro in my last name, so I lucked out again. That's fantastic, and I mean, so obviously you you really have been able to see the world with her, and I think that's really amazing, you know, when you think about it, and like you said, a lot of that stuff happens in Europe, yeah, and you're finding a different scene over there. Totally, I think they're more, um, well, they're a couple years behind, of course, they didn't get a lot of the bands that we got in the 80s, and just the fact that those bands started to head over there later has, you know, given them more longevity as far as what the scene is. But uh, Germany in particular is just really so super into music on every level. I mean, they put on the best shows. They're very... People just... That's part of their culture, man. They still buy music. They still go to shows. And they're not as affected by, you know, f whatever flavor of the month and all that kind of thing they really if you get a german crowd or any european country for that matter and you win them over they will basically be there forever i mean there's still legacy artists that tour there religiously even our friends the hooters who sure. you know don't tour as much in america but made such an impression in germany that they continually go there year after year to tour and um yeah, I mean, but when I went there in, in 93 to do my first tour with Doro and I cut a live album on that tour, which is like one of my favorite records that I've done, but uh, it was just Germany at that point. We weren't really touring 
anywhere. But like that saved me from, you know, the grunge tidal wave that was happening here like i had a couple more years in europe before you know it all kind of went crazy but um but yeah over the years from 93 up until 98 2000 we started to branch out and now we've hit like whereas we started in germany austria switzerland that was basically the only places she could go to make enough money to make it happen to now we've been to china twice russia about 10 times uh, you know, all these bizarre Baltic states and Eastern Bloc countries and Scandinavia and play festivals all over Europe and stuff like that. And then we come here and we play, uh, you know, whiskey tango <laughs> up in the Northeast. So, you know, America's still got its head up its own, you know what, but, you know, got to love it, though. I mean, I do love coming over here with her and playing because there's so many hardcore fans that still love her, and that's really cool to get down in a club and just, and she loves it, too, so it just makes it that much more enjoyable when you see, you know, your your front person just, like, you know, loving what they're doing, and it kind of makes it all that much cooler. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, we're heading up to the top of the hour. What I'm going to do is make an announcement here is anybody that's followed along in the Kiss Room, you know about the Kiss Room Demos Project. So one thing I'm going to announce right now is going to be the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 4. And we always have gotten a good reaction to the Kiss Room Demos Project in the past. And the concept was simple, was that have you ever had an idea for a song that you think Kiss should record or could record or Put it in your mind if Gene and Paul called you and said they need a new song. What would you do to help them? And I'm usually, I always think that it, originally when I thought I would get these really simple demos, but we ended up getting really great stuff. I mean, we had Classic 78 before they were called Classic 78. They were just called Classic. You heard them here first on the Kiss Room. You've heard some great stuff over the years. And what I want you to do is write a song as if you were going to submit a demo to Kiss. And you're going to record it and send the finished MP3 to thekissroom at gmail.com. In your email, include the name of the song and any info that you want me to share about that. And obviously, look, BJ Cramp said to me, um, look, I started writing my song, but I never finished it. I need a deadline. And so everybody wants some pressure. So what I said was, okay, let's make the deadline. Get them to me before September 1st. Because that way you have all summer to work on your songs. We can talk about it all at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which is going to be the end of August. I will play them all in September when we do the Kiss Room. And it's really, like I said, it's just for fun. It's not a, it's, it's not a competition. It's not a battle of the bands. It's a celebration. It's just for fun. And obviously it's not associated with Kiss. You probably won't make a million dollars, although the girl at the Wawa will look at you extra special because she knows your music has been on Monco Radio or Music and Minds Meet on the Kiss Room. Plus, if you go to the demos page of thekissroom.com, you can hear all the old songs that were on there. There's a bunch of real good ones. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Brad Coletti uh, from his band Scarecard, and uh, he's going to talk. About, he has some Peter Chris stories, but he also has a new EP. But what I'm going to do to kick it off is the first song on the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume Four is going to be "Love and Hate" by the MT Project, and the song "Love and Hate" was written and performed by two friends, Mike Tartaglia and Julian Lucky. Both are from the Bronx. They've been friends for over 30 years, and both are huge Kiss fans, having attended many concerts together throughout the 80s and 90s. Mike approached Julian with some song ideas, and eight songs later, the MT Project was born. 
Love and Hate has some heavy guitar by Julian, and you can feel it right here in the Kiss Room. And this is going to be the first song of Kiss Room Demos Project, Volume 4.
right, so that's the MT Project. That's the first song on Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 4. Obviously, if you go to the demos page of the uh, thekissroom.com, you can hear the ones that we've done in the past, including one from Scarecard, which is we're going to talk to Brad Coletti right after we do our 4 o'clock reset here on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Meet, meet you in the Kiss Room. Not allowed to smoke in the kiss room. You wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. Kiss Army, you wanted the best, you got the best. Man, we were shooting through that first hour. I want to thank Johnny D. Shared some great stories with us. Justin Bowski gave us the lowdown on Rock the Nation happening tomorrow night at the Grape, right? We're going to have, uh, we got Chris Ann Coleman. She's laughing like crazy. Jerry Lee Watkins going to play some music for us in a little bit. And coming up right now on the phone, we should have Brad Coletti from Scarecard. Brad, are you there? I am, Matt. How are you? I am fantastic. So obviously, look, Brad, we just uh, we just talked about the uh, Kiss Room Demos Project number four. You guys were on Kiss Room Demo Project Volume Three. We had your song Scare Card from your band Scare Card. Love it. Thank you so much. So what we were talking about online, we were talking earlier this week, and you had a really good Peter Chris story, and I thought it would be cool you could share it because obviously we're kind of celebrating the drummers of Kiss today, and Peter Chris obviously being the original. And uh, tell us your story. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a lot of great Kiss stories over the years. You know, one standing outside after the Gold Rush in Phoenix on the uh, the club tour, and the bouncer comes out and brings a stack of pizzas and says, here you go, help yourself, the band bought it. I'm like, Kiss bought us pizza? Amazing. <laughs> But my Peter Chris story. So two years ago, we're at a Mad Monster convention in Phoenix. And uh, Peter Chris was signing autographs uh, on the third floor. And, of course, we were in line. And uh, the rooms were separated. Danny Stanton was sort of directing everybody in to uh, meet with Peter. I was taking a little time because Peter liked to spend time with the folks. So we're in line. Uh, you also could pay for a professional picture, which, which was taken on the first floor. So during the course of the evening in line waiting to meet Peter... Finally, Danny spoke up and said, listen, you know, Peter has to go downstairs and, and do the professional pictures, but remember where you are in line, because when he's done with that, he's going to come right back up. You get back in line right where you were, so nobody loses their spot. Great. Awesome. So my wife, my son, and a couple of my band members were all together, so we run out of the room. We want to try to get down in line first. Uh, long story short, we get on the elevator with, like, 10 other people, so we're all crammed in this elevator trying to go down to the first floor. So the elevator starts to go down, and it stops about three feet above uh, where the door should open. It just stopped. And we're like, what's going on? <laughs> Pressing buttons, doing everything we could. The elevator would not open. And people are starting to panic a little bit, kind of freaking out. I was a little too. Uh, and I'd say it probably felt like five minutes that we were stuck in the elevator. All of a sudden, it's it finally ended up going down. The doors open. We're like, well, that kind of sucked. <laughs> So we get in line, we do our professional pictures, and that was a great experience meeting Peter again, um, you know, all that. So we're getting ready to leave to go back to the third floor to do our, our autographs. 
and Peter had finished along with Danny. So out from the room they come, and uh, and I overheard Danny asking one of the security guards, uh, you know, what's the best way to get back to the third floor? And he says, well, go out this way and take the elevator. I was like, oh hell no, you're not going to don't you want to take the elevator? So I kind of ran over and and interrupted a little bit and said, um, you know, I explained how we got stuck. I said, you don't want to take the elevator, so follow us. So here comes Peter Dangler walking outside, and uh, we go up the the three flight of stairs. We're sitting there walking upstairs with Peter Chris. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, this is Peter Chris, you know, drummer from 100,000 years on a live one is, like, walking right next to me, you know. And, Peter, you know, we're talking, chatting with him, and he says, oh, you know, you guys are really nice boys, and, uh, you know, thanks so much for showing me the way and all that. And so finally we get back in line, and uh, now it's our turn to go in and get our autograph. And as soon as we walk in, Peter turns to Gigi and he says, Gigi, these are the nice boys I was telling you about. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, that's great. Come on in, you know, and stuff. And we're, we're signing, they're signing everything for us. And, you know, thank you so much for showing Peter the way and all that. So that was a pretty awesome experience. I did ask Peter as a side note, uh, I was curious about his cross uh, from the Love Gun era that he wore. And I always wonder what happened. He still has it and they were going to be donating it to the Smithsonian. So wow. I thought that was a kind of, kind of cool so he has that, that cross wow he does he said he's still has it and he's going to donate it so uh that was a pretty awesome experience i couldn't believe we we're walking with peter chris up three flights of stairs you know just <laughs> chatting with him and trying to be cool trying not to total fan out on him or anything so it was really awesome that is a cool unique story i thought that was uh, i think people would dig it the uh now you also have a story obviously one, one of the tracks we're going to play is your your band doing strutter with uh frank from tesla that's right. That's right. Yeah. A couple of years ago, Frank Hannon was in town with Tesla. They were doing a concert and, um, my singer actually knows Frank. Uh, they've actually performed together. Just, just some fun things. They did modern day cowboy and a couple fun things locally. Uh, so, so my singer, Jeff Carlson knows him well. So Frank called Jeff. So listen, you know, I'm coming to town to do a concert. Are you guys jamming it all? We're like, uh, yes, we are. We actually weren't rehearsing that night, but we're like, yes, we're rehearsing. <laughs> so we all showed up. And sure enough, there was Frank and, uh, you know, just chatted with him. And uh, he said, well, let's jam. So we jammed for about two hours with him and just uh, a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, Ted Nugent, we played some Tesla stuff, you know, Night Ranger, you name it. We Just everything was off the cuff. And, of course, I had to yell, let's do some Kiss. <laughs> so sure enough, uh, we picked Strutter, and, and uh, that's what we chose to play. So we're going to take a listen to that. But first, I want you to tell everybody, where can they find your new EP? I know Scarecard has a new EP available. We do. We do. And you can find it at all the audio outlets, iTunes, CD Baby, um, Reverb Nation, uh, all your standard uh, digital out, you know, outlets. But um, my shameless plug, my inner Gene Simmons is going to come out and say, um, come like our page. It's Scarecard AZ for Arizona or just scare card, search it, and we're going to be giving away some free EPs and some free shirts. So come like our page, and we're going to pick some winners too for that CD. That's fantastic. So obviously everybody go to ScareCardAZ. That's on Facebook. Yes, it is. Excellent. So what we're going to listen to is going to be your band playing Strutter. Thanks for calling in, Brad. Thank you. Crank it up. Here comes Strutter. You're listening to Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, that cuts off quick. Hey, that was nice. Now, the funny thing is we got all kind of people. We got, let's see, Johnny D, I want to thank you. I know he's heading down to Metallica tonight. Let's bring up some microphones here. We got all kind of stuff. Let me find my notes here. Okay, look, I'll we got say all kinds. so long. Thanks a million for Thank coming guys, up. It was man. great to that see was you. Awesome. That was fun. Come back anytime. Yeah, if you I want to bring Dora with you I next w- time. I will, man. She would love that. But you need to have like a f- five hour show for that. Because <laughs> she'll just keep going. But, you know, there's some kiss connections there as well. Well, as and of you course, know. Gene produced her album. Yep. So we, and I have the version of Gene doing something wicked with This Way Comes. So, oh, you know, there's all kinds nice. of things. We could go on and on. But. So have a safe drive down to Philly. Nice right. to see you. Yeah. Now we got, you can hear some people tuning up. That was fun. Thank you, Johnny D. Now what we're going to do is first, before we, we got the band tuning up, we're going to play some music here. But what we're going to do is, and that was great. They were playing Long Way to Love. That was pretty fantastic. I want to send a bunch of shout outs. Obviously, people are tuned in all around the planet. Now, I do want to send a shout out to the people that shared the link. Candy Burton posted some cool pictures of herself in her Kiss Room shirt. She had the first Kiss Room shirt ever uh, that she made. Dottie Jones posted a cool picture of herself wearing her Kiss Room t shirt and her Kiss Room button with Eric Singer for his birthday. Chris Goh made some really kick ass graphics, and I really appreciate that. Of course, Joseph Belly, Alex Ference, Mikhail Burel, David Cathy, Brian Speck, Ira Boston. Congrats on getting married. Juca Diaz, Steve Javorski, Alison Balick, Steve Campagna, Frank Galanti, Johnny D. Thanks for coming in. That was great. Shane Hebert, Jerry Lee Watkins, Eric Valentine, Ricky Cook, Joe Laskin, Christina Green, Eileen Pompey, Chris Hartman from Almost Human, Brad Coletti, who called in early. We really appreciate that. Jim Zagel just came in. Nice to see you, pal. Diana Zagel, Javier Boaster. Javier, we're going to give away a book that he, that he gave me, and he says, hey, look, we can give that away on the air. Billy Davis from Unmasked. Chris Giordano, which we thought he was going to be here today. He's going to do some singing. Ken J. West, Ricky Cook. Ricky Cook just got a cool vibe. His band is going to be opening for Ace Fraley. We're going to talk about that. We'll try and get him maybe to call in and talk about that experience. John Phillips, Mike Kelly, Dean John is in Australia, and I know they're gearing up for the – the Australian Expo, it's probably about 8 a.m. maybe in Australia right now. Hoops, Lewis Wilson, Tony Mann up in NYC, Timmy Rex, Johnny Smoke, Chris Ann Colvin shared the link. She's here. Uh, George Savistano, Bob Brodsky, Sean Cohen, Chris Simcoe, Kalen Provo. Uh, let's see, Scott Rickmeyer, Kathy Smith, Britton Mitchell, who just had surgery and then went right into a Gene Simmons costume for a, a, a cool fundraiser. Mike Tartaglia, thanks a million for inviting all your friends into the Kiss Room. I do appreciate that and for giving us your song to kick off Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 4. I really do appreciate that. I really want to send a shout-out to Michael Cavaccini, who gave the Kiss Room a shout-out in his excellent interview with Gene Simmons. And he mentioned to Gene, Gene, do you listen to Kiss podcasts, including his favorites, which were Pot of Thunder, the Kiss Room, and the podcast. So, of course, we have, you know, he has good taste, and it was really an excellent interview. Uh, if you haven't seen that, it's been picked up by just about everybody. So uh, you can definitely get a chance to read that. KissAsylum.com shares the link for me every month. I really do appreciate that. I want to thank Joe Polo and Jody Havnot at Podcast Rock City. Jerry Gelleff and the Bad Cop Bad Cop Podcast shares the link every time. Ken Mills and Gary Schaller from the podcast, of course. Anthony Porter and the lovely Amy Porter all shared my link. And obviously, when I think of Amy Porter, I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there because it is Mother's Day weekend. So uh, we, of course, send all the love to all of our moms. 
I always think about, you know, you think about Mother's Day, and I, and I would say, look, when we were young, my mom and dad never said, don't listen to Kiss. My mom and dad were supportive and let us listen to Kiss. And uh, my mom and dad, they made us our first Kiss costumes back in 1978. They weren't exactly uh, tribute band level ready, but we enjoyed the hell out of them. I was 10 years old. It was fantastic. One of the coolest things was they actually they built... It was, a, it was a tape player, if you remember, little black cassette players, and cut out a guitar and stuck it on the other side, but then we could walk around with the cassette playing, and we were, you know, dancing around. It was pretty great. So it was, you know, I'm surprised Kiss should have done that. It would have been great. But so thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day to all moms. So now we got a treat for you. Now, it's funny. I, I, I had mentioned on Facebook that when we complete this edition of the Kiss Room, it will be five full years of the Kiss Room, okay, which I'm really proud of. The fact that when the first ever, I did a May 11th special in 2012, and everybody seemed to love it and was like, you should do this all the time. And I want to give a shout out to Sean Sealer. Help me. He's my good friend here at, at the college. And, you know, we built the website real quick. He says, you should use this thing called Weebly to build your website. And I was putting the stuff up on Podomatic. And Ken Mills, of course, helped me right, at, right from the start. I want to send a shout out to Frank Hagen, was one of the originators. He came on very early in the uh, history of the show. We'll talk about that more next month when we get into the, the actual, I guess, sixth birthday. But this is the... Uh, this is really completed five years. But then we were talking about the fact that Fran came in. And Fran, you really, I think, were the first one to play live in the studio for us. Remember that? Yes. So yeah. that was, and then we have Jim, Jim. Zagel. Yeah. And it was Fran and Jim together. And I always think about that was because I met you at the Ace Show at the Keswick. And you said, hey, I listened to your show. I was like, man, this is the coolest looking dude. And he actually knows who I am. This is cool. So it was like, and that's how we kind of started. And then we've had different, we had Almost Human. We had a Live 75. We've had different bands. Now today we have kind of the Kiss Room House Band. But you're also part of Rock and Roll Over. Yeah. And it's kind of like a mashup of kind of the history of the Kiss Room bands and music and this and that and the other. Now obviously one of the things that we were talking about, you have a gig coming up with Rock and Roll Over is going to be in June. Talk about that. Sunday, June 11th in Havana, New Hope, 7 o'clock. It's going to be a great show. We have three shows this year, actually. Sunday, June 11th at Havana. Uh, October 7th, we're opening for Alex Skolnick of Testament fame. And December 22nd, we're going to have a Kissmas special show at Havana. It's going to be great. I'm also going to be appearing on the podcast with the Godfather, Podfather. Podfather, himself. nice. He's agreed to... Let me into the inner sanctum, and uh, it's going to be a great time. That'll be coming up soon. That's awesome. Yeah, Ken's the best. Now, I know at one point you were working on, we had talked about it, like a documentary about Kiss. Tell me I about am. that. I'm, I'm actually collaborating with three other people on a, a small series of documentaries on devotion, the title, the, you know, the topic of devotion. So I took it upon myself as part of that devotion topic, uh, who was more devoted but Kiss fans. Uh, I wish I could really get around the world. There are tons of people, tons of super fans out there with great collections, and obviously I could never cover it. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus in on people who do very unique things, like our friend Todd. I spent some time with Todd at Rock's Car, and I'm going to do, produce a little piece with him. And I've also asked you, Matt Porter, as well. Uh, people who, you know, are devoted to KISS in different ways, not necessarily going out and spending a fortune on coffins and stuff like that, <laughs> but in unique ways. And, you know, there's a couple of tribute artists I have lined up, too, as well. I think that's what's great about KISS. Really good KISS tribute fans, artists. right, have really, you know, they really have... 
you know, whether you have a coffin or whether you go on every cruise or whether you just have a couple albums, Kiss fans like are everywhere. And and that was I thought it was fun talking to John just now, and he's talking about Europe and and how they really kind of embrace more of the '80s Kiss, yeah. even because you figure they didn't necessarily get as much Kiss in the '70s as we were lucky enough to do. But the uh, and I think that is one of the amazing things when you see them overseas, hitting Iceland and Helsinki and Finland and all these places, and you're saying Prague. yourself, yeah. it's everywhere still. In the year 2017, they're managing to hit the world. As Kiss, and I think that's pretty incredible. And I think, uh, you know, obviously it's funny because, I mean, you talk about tribute bands, and I mean, obviously there's all kind of dispute over what's, you know, who should be in Kiss, and there's people who would even call Kiss, you know, the current Kiss tribute bands, and to anybody who ever says the current Kiss is a tribute band, I say... <laughs> Sorry, I just want to play that sound effect. But, I mean, obviously it's one of those things where, look, everybody's still having a good time with it, and it's just fun to see, and you can enjoy whatever you want. And I think it sounds like a great series that you're working on. I really yeah, would like fun. to see it's it. Yeah, it's fun. It's not just on Kiss. It's on other topics of devotion, but, you know... It's it's part of a larger series, in other words. I'm I'm just working on a small piece of a larger project. But it'll be fun and, and unique, you know. Shout out to Tato Rocks. He does a good yeah. Eric Carr. Marco Haley said the Kiss Room, great show, you're the best, and put up a cool graphic. I haven't really I didn't even look up much at the Facebook today because man, we're shot out of a can and we're having all the best time. So what do you think? We wanna play some music? All right. Yeah. So let me turn my mic down.
I don't know, but you know, Justin, you want to sing a Gene song? You're Gene and Rock the Nation. You got warm? Are you warmed up? Or no, you're Peter. You want to sing a Peter song for us? What do you do? You sing any of the songs in the set? Uh, honestly, I just do Black Diamond. So that that would be a tough. There we go. We're gonna put you on the spot. Yeah, you're Peter in. in uh, I'm putting you right on the spot. Out on the street for because everybody can sing.
to follow you too. No, you don't ask for pity. There is nothing you can do. I so had to cough during all that yeah. too. My throat is itchy. So of nice. course, look, everybody is going to go see Rock the Nation. Find them on Facebook, Rock the Nation PA tomorrow night at, at the Grape Room in Manioc, right off go. Main Street. All right, thank nice. you. And of course, you can find Rock and Roll Over. Is it Facebook.com slash Rock and Roll Over? It is, and it's it's actually Kiss Rock and Roll Over for Facebook. Perfect. It's rockandrollkiss.com in the regular internet world, and uh, our YouTube address is Rock and Roll Over. <laughs> nice. I mean, we do have one more song. Now, Matt. See, I was trying to get all the plugs in. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, you've been here five years. Oh, we hope it goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you what I'm feeling inside I can't lie to myself but it's true There's no denying when I look in your eyes Put a out of my head over you I live so long believing no one's back And everything about you is telling me this time
The Kiss Room House Band. <laughs> we got Fran Galanti, Steve Force, Jim Zagel, special guest Justin Bowski from Rock the Nation, special guest Jerry Lee Watkins from Rock and Roll Over. It's a whole mishmash of uh, different Kiss bands here in the Kiss Room. Now, of course, we can't really think about the Kiss Room House Band without thinking of Steve Companion. So let's listen to this real quick. We'll come right back. You need a button. Christine's the one that you want. She's great. got them in her hands And very soon she'll be sending Christine, the button queen Christine, the button queen She's got so many She wants to give you all she's got I don't need to say things like this to button button Jordan. But when I saw you wearing that podcast and kiss room pins that day, that day I knew, I knew I had to have one. I had to have one. For a limited time, you can get your own kiss room or podcast buttons free. All we ask is that you pay for the shipping and handling. $3 for one or $5 for two. Purchase via PayPal. Simply email zilchorders at gmail.com. Z-I-L-C-H orders at gmail.com. Please leave your name and address and what kind of buttons you want in the comments when you order. If you don't use PayPal, simply email Christine the Button Queen at zilchorders at gmail.com for all of your cool button needs. You've got to have them. You've got to have them. That's right. And then Mike Walsh, I skipped right over you. Did a great job on Strutter. Strutter! Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I was born in 1966. <laughs> so speaking of that, we're going to go to today in history, and then we're going to come back and wrap it up. I'm going to give the word to Ken Mills. Now, I think he says it's March, but it's actually it's today's May 5th. Right? Come on, dudes! Let's crank it! Five, Five four, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. On this day in history, brought to you by the Podkist in the Kiss Room. Now print it with real Kiss blood. 
On this day in history, March May. 12th, 1958, Eric Singer is born. Eric Doyle Mensinger in Cleveland, Ohio. 1974, KISS plays their debut album tour in Detroit, Michigan at Benjamin Yak Arena. 1975, KISS is preparing for an upcoming show at Cobo Hall, as well as trying out their new Dress to Kill costumes for a photo shoot with Finn Costello. This takes place in Detroit, Michigan. 1976, KISS appears in the comics for the very first time. Check out issue 12 of Howard the Duck, and you'll see KISS on one page in a story titled Duck's Head Soup. KISS are also busy with the final day of tour rehearsals at Shepperton Studios in Middlesex, England. 1977, KISS records the song Hooligan during the Love Gun sessions in New York. 1978, it's day two of shooting for the greatest movie ever made, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, being filmed at Magic Mountain Six Flags in Valencia, California, from May 11th to the 15th. 1989, Paul Stanley registers a copyright for a tune called A Lover Like You, which he co-wrote with Jean Beauvoir. It later appears on the Voodoo X album, The Awakening, Volume 1. 1990, KISS performs the Hot in the Shade Tour at the Sandstone Amphitheater in Kansas City, Missouri. A bootleg video does exist of this concert. 1992, Peter Chris and his band Chris play Buffalo, New York, and Ace Fraley auditions new bass players for his own solo band. Meanwhile, KISS leaves America for the United Kingdom leg of their revenge tour. 1993, KISS is interviewed on the Metal Shop radio program. 1998, Eric Singer appears at the KISS Expo at the Tavastia Kublai in Helsinki, Finland. 2000, the KISS auction public preview is held in Chicago, Illinois, the first day of three. Meanwhile, just across town, KISS bids farewell to the crowd during the second concert of a two-night gig in this venue while the band is on the KISS Farewell Tour. 2008, KISS plays Stadhal in Vienna, Austria on their Alive 35 Tour. 2009, Paul Stanley is interviewed on Philadelphia Classic Rock Station 102.9 WMGK's The John DeBella Show to promote his upcoming art show. 2010, KISS plays the first of two nights at Wembley Arena in London, UK, as the Sonic Boom Over Europe tour continues. 2011, the star child meets Mrs. Brady. Paul Stanley and Florence Henderson are at Sound Rules, a sound and hearing celebration. Paul discusses his own hearing loss and efforts to bring awareness to noise-induced hearing loss among teens. 2012, Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer are the special guests at the 2012 Indie Kiss Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. 2013, Eric Singer is the special guest on day two of the 2013 Indie Kiss Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. 2017, the Matt Porter is live in the Kiss Room with the Podkiss crew 
celebrating yet another great day in history. Long live the Kiss Room. I'm Ken Mills, and I'm telling you surrender, but don't give yourself away. Today is your day in history. Make it special and do it with a smile on your face. Remember, if you're not enjoying Kiss, you're not doing it right. And that was This Day in History, brought to you by the Podkist and the Kiss Room. We still play with our Kiss color form sets. That's right. We still play with our Kiss color forms. I'm cutting it off because we're going to run out of time. We're going to get one more song from the band here, which we're getting great reviews. Everybody's liking it. But first, what I'm going to do is we're going to do a giveaway. If you go to thekissroom.com, there's the win page. We're going to give away a copy of the book called Black Diamond, the unauthorized biography of Kiss written by Dale Sherman. So what you need to do is go to the win page of thekissroom.com. You need to enter your you know your name and address, so if you're the winner, I can send it to you. But you need the secret word, which the secret word will be diamond. Okay, the book's called Black Diamond, so you got to use the word diamond. That way, first of all, we're almost two hours into the show. If you listen to the whole thing, you get to be one of the chosen ones who knows the answer, not just some jabroni who happened to find a website with an email. So you got to do it before June 1st, and... Uh, Black Diamond says Black Diamond peels back the myths and stories for fans, non-fans, and the curious alike. Obviously, if you made it this far into the Kiss Room, you're a fan. It also includes a CD with an exclusive interview with Eric Carr. And I want to thank Javier Boaster. He donated the book. He said he found it in a, in a bookstore, and he said he thinks a Kiss Room audience member would like to win it. And he has won contests in the past from us. And I thought that was real solid of him to give that to us. said, look, Matt, why don't you give that away? So considering our theme ended up kind of being drummers today, drummers. And that book covers, obviously, the history of KISS and even has an Eric Carr interview. So uh, the secret word is diamond. Go to thekissroom.com. Click on the win page. That winner could be you. You could be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. we got to make sure Chris is here to say it for us. And uh, there you go. So and uh, there we go. What do we think? So, and, and I forgot the sound clip. You know, So one of us is going to have to say it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ready? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. There you go. <laughs> So we got one more song? Yep. She's a dancer, a romancer. I'm a Capricorn, she's a cancer. I'm a 
about out of time so we're gonna go right around if anybody's got some last minute shout outs they want to chris in you got to get to a mic there you go i do gotta say hi to my brother bob the dragon bentley yeah bob bob the dragon hopefully we're gonna see bob at the nashville rock and pod expo at the end of august that would be fun wouldn't it bob are you listening hello there's your shout out anyway Dottie and candy and all the girls from the from the uh, kiss room love y'all girls and i'll talk to y'all soon Thanks, Matt, for everything you do. Happy anniversary. Enjoy your case of Destroyer Cola. Thanks, pal. That's and, awesome. Uh, really, we, we're going to drink really them right after the show. everything you do for everybody in the KISS community. It's, it's a great thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just want to say uh, on behalf of Rock Nation, uh, thanks for having us back out. Um, again, one more shameless plug. Tomorrow night, the great room in Maniunk. If you can make it out, it'd be great. Hope to see you there. Thank you. And I think your Paul Stanley actually commented, great job. So yes, he was yes, listening. He did. That's he great. He has to like it, though, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to say uh, you were talking May 11th. It is a special date. It's um, my daughter's 28th birthday. Look at that. Happy birthday to my beautiful daughter, Samantha. <laughs> and uh, happy Mother's Day to my, uh, to my beautiful wife. Yes. You know, she's going to you know, have a great time. May 11th is also my father's birthday. He's dead. Oh, and man. Mother's Day. She's dead. Uh, so another death dedication. <laughs> Coming out of that record with another goddamn death. <laughs> All right. Uh, once again, uh, June 11th at Havana, 7 o'clock. And... Uh, Happy Mother's Day to my wife, my mom, my mother-in-law, and all the mother. <laughs> That's a totally different show. I just want to thank everybody for letting me come on. I had an awesome time. And uh, say hi to my daughter, Heather. Now, real quick, though, Mike, how'd you become a KISS fan? Uh, I honestly don't remember how I became a KISS fan. It was 6th, 7th grade, just loving them. But I do remember my first KISS concert. My brother took me in. For a Christmas gift in seventh grade. Wow. And I took off school the next day, and that's when the, the uh, concert books were like two foot tall. Right. Yeah. Kiss had one anyway, and my friends were coming home, walking the street, and I was at the bottom of the street, and I had the book raised above my hand. I was running full speed, screaming at the top of my lungs, Kiss! Kiss! Then you still have that book. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I wish I did. I wish I did. I don't know where it's at. Well, since Chris isn't here, I got to do a. People, yeah! Uh, so, Chris, if you're listening, how you doing, buddy? Uh, of course, happy Mother's Day to my wife and all the moms out there that work so hard all year long. I hope you have a great day, everybody. That's fantastic. Oh, and Steve Campania, we missed you today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So next month, June 2nd, we're going to do a special Kiss Room from 1 to 3. And the plan is do the Kiss Room 1 to 3, and then we'll all roll down and see Gene Simmons down at the truck. So it's going to be a blast. Now, we were talking while that... Day in history, thanks to Ken Mills, was playing. But Steve Forrest, he comments, we were, a lot of us, we were all at that truck show in 92, And but that's the thing, you didn't really know everybody. You know what I mean? Now you kind of know everybody because, you know, you're Facebook or you say, hey, you're that guy or, you know, everybody looks at their profile picture that they took at the exact right angle that's on Facebook. And you go, I think that's you. And it's cool because, I mean, at the time, I was always think about it, there was this couple that was standing right behind me that the girl says, 
Does anyone know how to load film in a camera? And she couldn't get her film into her little snapshot camera. That was Kim, Kim Snyder, Kim Sni Ken Snyder. Turned out they lived in Quakertown. I've been friends with them ever since. And that's where those photos came from. Think about that. Not everybody was walking around with a high-def camera in their pocket as they are now. Streaming live, you had your about eight to ten shots that you took to the photo mat, and you were going to hope they came out good. But the uh, So when you think about that, that's why I kind of let off with that, the idea that that's 25 years ago. We're still going to get to go see Gina the Track 25 years later. It's pretty amazing. And you have all those good memories holding your tour buck above your head, everybody having all the most fun, getting to sing your songs with all your friends. It's the kind of thing that we do. Obviously, there's so many things going on. You got to get together with everybody that you know and go out to these things. Um, I want to thank uh, Billy Davis called in last month, talked about their show. They did it a Phantom of the Park thing. Photos of it look like they had a great time. Shout out to them. That was you know, This is the kind of thing. Everybody gets together, does their thing. We all have a good time because everybody's looking up the Facebook page. It's fantastic. So, look, come back next month. It'll be the kickoff of the sixth year of the Kiss Room. I'm going to run it at least through the end of the year because I always have the most fun with it. And uh, I'm going to give the last word to Ken Mills. Happy Mother's Day to my wife. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. And we're going to cue this up. Ken Mills, I got you for the ending. We want to thank all of our friends that are other Kiss podcasts. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. Yes! That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the KISS news of the week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press, your source for KISS news every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007... You've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkissed. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkissed. The Podkissed. The KISS Audio fanzine for your ears. Kistory Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with like, like a, with like a wash tub bath. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And serious. No, wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss Podcast on the web. History Science Theory. We bust balls because we can. 
Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Hey, I'm Dr. F***. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, Check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. How do I get a backstage pass? Yeah, you're listening to Harold. Grab your hairspray and your sister's makeup and try to fit in those spandex again. Join me, Bobby Dreyer, along with Matt Porter, every second Friday of each month from 1 to 3, right before the Kiss Room. On Marco Radio, where music and minds meet. <laughs> you have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations no but i will say something to anybody out there that's you know the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for don't think it's so weird maybe someday somebody lets you give you the chance to make a living out of it you just stick to it you'd be weird Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. Moncoradio.com, where music and minds meet.